Good Monday morning. Welcome to another episode of the podcast, Insanity, A Peace of Mind. I am your host, Stephanie. This is episode 58, and I'm going to continue some work on happiness. In last week's podcast, uh, The Science of Happiness, I used a word, hedonia. And this week, we are going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the difference between hedonia, eudaimonia, what the two words have in common and how they are different what the hedonic treadmill is, and why you cannot pursue happiness. So first things first. Eudaimonia and hedonia are words that define happiness, but they do it differently. Eudaimonia is more relating to the joy kind of happiness that I talked about last week, something less measurable. So Aristotle sees them as hedonia is pleasure and eudaimonia or eudaimonia. There's a lot of different ways you can say it, but eudaimonia is fulfillment. So hedonia is pleasure and eudaimonia is fulfillment. And that kind of, in a nutshell, in a very simplistic way, is the way you understand the difference between those two words. So what does that mean for humanity? We may all agree on the importance of happiness or the importance of being happy, but we will never agree on what happiness really is. The Roman orator and philosopher Cicero called summum bonum the greatest value of all, which is the good life. And the good life is different for everybody. So if we all believe that happiness is a significant emotion or a significant and important way we want to feel, Why can we not all agree on what it is? Probably because there are a couple of ways to understand it. Or actually more than that, because we're all different and we all have different experiences. But the ancient Greeks had a lot of different words for the different types of happiness. Hedonia was a term that was used for things that are more simply experienced or simply explained. So it is the subjective state of feeling great. It can be laughter, it can be relaxation, a good Diet Coke, a sunset, a great lunch out with friends. It can be some music or a reminiscent memory of your favorite cartoon. Hedonia is pleasure, and it's nice. And this kind of happiness is fairly easy for everybody to measure. It's experiential, and we have 
events or things in our life that help us see and identify that kind of happiness. Other words to describe this kind of happy include joyful, contented, euphoric, elated, ecstatic, stuff like that. The other way the German, excuse me, German philosophers, not German, Greek philosopher, I'm not redoing that. So the other word the Greek philosophers use is eudaimonia, and that is a full and flourishing life. It is morality, excellence, duty, virtue. It does, it might include pleasure, but it does not seek pleasure. Eudaimonic happiness is the way the soul thrives in doing what you are meant to do as a virtuous, honorable human being. Eudaimonia is more of a state of being. The word felicity has been used to describe this type of happiness. It is incredibly difficult to measure happiness in this way. With that in mind, it is worth figuring out which state you operate in most often. It is the joy that I referred to last week that I think illustrates the eudaimonic state. And recognizing that each person will think different things make them happy. I know from my personal experience and associations with people that I don't find happiness in the same kinds of experiences that other people do. And so if we were to measure by polling or inquiring or asking people what makes them happy, I would have very different answers than a lot of people I know. And the happiness that is experiential, a movie, a good steak, your favorite food, that's fleeting and doesn't last. It is temporary, it's fickle, and it's unreliable, which means we cannot gauge our happiness on those fleeting things. And then you can talk to someone else whose life looks particularly glum and maybe, I don't know, just plain crappy at any given moment. And if they're measuring their happiness using the state of being, the the eudaimonic way, and they're including their difficulties, their hardships, coming out of the other side, feeling gratified or satisfied or grateful, then their state of happiness will be 
something that is long lasting and part of who they are as opposed to based on experiences. So perhaps the question to ask about happiness is not, are you happy? But you could ask, are you happy right now? And this is measuring the affective hedonic state, meaning is what you're doing right now making you happy? As opposed to, or in addition to, to get to the other state, the eudaimonic state, is your life happy? Which measures a more holistic and gives a greater sense of being in asking the question. So if you were just to look at it today, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. Things are pretty sad, glum, depressing, scary. overwhelming. And there's a lot of reasons to be unhappy. Do you drive a Suburban and have to put gas in it? Can you not get your favorite? Oh, I don't know. See, I can't even think of anything. I need to come with better examples when I start this. But there's lack and there's want and there's need. And so if our happiness is contingent upon what we have right now, we will generally feel a sense of sadness and a lack in those happy emotions. So we can't have it related to a state of how we are feeling currently. Okay, I have to make a I have to have a parenthetical here. I am making a lot of mistakes and I'm tripping over myself and over words and whatnot. And oftentimes when I do that, I will start segments over. And I've got to tell you, I'm not going to do that today. I don't want to. I don't feel like it. I'm tired. And So you're just going to have to deal with my flubs. And I am grateful that you will do that. Okay. So measuring happiness. I'm not going to talk at all about measuring happiness because it is not measurable, actually. And so we are going to move into talking about the hedonic treadmill. So the hedonic treadmill is the idea that individuals have a level of happiness that they are more or less born with. And after rising or falling in response to either positive or negative events in our lives, we tend to move back toward our set point. So we have a baseline or a set point. And for most people, it's generally on the positive side. Some are more positive than others. We have the optimists and the pessimists. And some of it's genetic, some of it's environmental. And we don't all have the same baseline. And so 
we are not all going to set back to the same point of happiness when we either rise or fall from our experiences. Our individual set points uh, is, or our individual set point is responsible for about 50% of the differences in happiness from person to person. So if you struggle with a low set point, meaning you tend to gravitate towards the sad or the depressed side of the set point, it's really not worth beating yourself up over because that's just the way you were born, so to speak. So 50% is not 100%, which means we all have room for improvement. Our actions, thoughts, and attitudes account for about 40% of our happiness, which means there's 10% in there with less wiggle room. So the theory of the hedonic treadmill is that regardless of what happens to people, the levels of happiness will eventually return to the baseline. So if you get a new job that you've been waiting for and you're so excited, you will be thrilled or happy or ecstatic or joyful about it for a certain period of time. And then after you get used to it and your expectations change, you will return to your baseline happiness level. The same goes for the negative emotions. If you lose a job that you have loved and that has been your bread and butter and the way you feel productive and you love your coworkers and you lose your job, your sad state or depressed state will last for a while and then you will eventually return to your baseline happiness. So there is an initial spike of either happiness or sadness. And then as time goes on, those feelings that are caused by the event the getting of a job or the loss of a job starts to dissipate and then habituation kicks in. As is always the case, when I'm talking about these things, I'm talking about this general area of living where people are more or less taken care of, their needs are met, their the events that we're talking about that either increase happiness or increase sadness are not tragic or life-threatening or things like that. We're just talking at this moment about your average things which generally change our experiences or our state of experiences, and we pretty quickly adjust to our new state within those experiences. That's what I'm talking about. So if your experience with something tragic or heavy or bigger than these average everyday things is not returning to baseline, I totally understand that. Not trying to, not trying to stir up that into something that it's not. 
There are some interesting variables to the set point that have some pretty decent research behind them. So they start with looking at two sets of people. One was a group of people who won large lottery prizes, and another was a group of accident victims who were paralyzed. This included quadriplegics and paraplegic people. The research showed that in the long term, neither group appeared to be happier than the other. So the lottery winners and paralysis victims experienced their initial reactions to happiness and sadness, and those points moved. But the effects of that did not turn out to be long lasting, and people in both groups shortly reverted to their previous levels of happiness. So with this theory, uh, the hedonic treadmill theory, the researchers Brickman and Campbell proposed that people immediately react to good and bad events, but then in a fairly short period of time return to neutrality. And there has been further research that shows that our set points are not neutral. So even if you look at populations whose experiences of happiness or sadness are very diverse, the each of these groups have levels that were above neutral. So they're not neutral and depressed or sad. They're generally above neutral and happy. So the adaptation and the return to the previous set point is usually a positive gain and not a neutral gain. The other research is that these, well, more research is that the set point is individualized. So everyone has a set point, but it varies significantly from person to person. Our personality traits play an important role in the set point and well-being is moderately heritable. So people with different personality traits have different predispositions to different levels of well-being. Another point of research is that we actually all have multiple set points. So we are not stuck in a static baseline. Because happiness can be composed of different factors that contribute to well-being, sometimes we have set points that move in different directions as they relate to different factors. I think this is probably the hedonic and the eudaimonic differences. So an example of this is that one, one person could have both positive and negative emotions in decline, but your satisfaction and your overall state of well-being might be increasing or on the rise. I'm trying to think of an example of this. Um, let's say, I mean, let's, okay, take this happens to me all the time. I have a bunch of kids living at home. Things are chaotic, really exciting, exciting in that there's a lot going on all the time. And then 
the kids leave and I have an initial decrease in happiness, but it is accompanied by an increased feeling of satisfaction about my life because my kids are off doing important things that they are engaged in that they want to do. And so while I am sad at the new change in my circumstances, I am also living more eudaimonically because my state of being is increasing. The other thing research has shown is that happiness can change. So the idea that we have a happiness set point and we're dealt a deck because of our personality traits and some of our heritable qualities where we think that if our set point is lower than someone else's, we're just doomed to be less happy. That is not necessarily true. It is possible to increase your happiness set point. And you kind of have to practice. And there are ways to do that, that I might get to in this podcast, I might not. And the last thing that research shows is that there are individual differences in adaptation. So studies into the adaptation show that people react more strongly to positive positive events. I don't think that makes much sense, but I'm going to leave it at that. Just know that individual differences, that individuals ad- adapt differently to their set points. I'll look into that and see if I can explain that in a better way. So if hedonia is the state of happiness that seeks pleasure from events or experiences, and the hedonic treadmill is the set point that we return to after those experiences have settled and our expectations have changed, can we get off the treadmill and can we chase after happiness? The answer to getting off the treadmill is, yeah, there are some ways that you can do things and incorporate different things into your life to help you get off that treadmill? And the answer to can we chase happiness? Not really. The things that help you get off of the treadmill are the things that increase your eudaimonia, your state of being, the fulfilled life with virtue and mindfulness and values and honor and morality. And those things have very little to do with happiness. They have to do with living a full life. So you would incorporate a gratitude practice Being grateful and practicing gratitude has been shown to increase happiness, not the hedonic kind, and 
I've talked about that. Mindfulness and meditation. And mind training practices. Acceptance of the difficult and negative emotions. And practicing being able to be with those emotions and not worrying about how they affect your current state of experiential happiness will help. Live your life according to your values and practice incorporating those values in your daily life, in your relationships, in your work, in your parenting. Accept fear and sadness and anxiety without criticizing yourself. Be self-compassionate. Show empathy to others. Simplify your life. Focus on one thing at a time. Decrease your multitasking. Increase the effort that you put into your relationships. Be mindful of how your mind and body connect. Exercise. Practice deep breathing. Do one thing to eat better. Drink more water. These things have both the hedonic experience of happiness. And when that experience fluctuates and reduces back down to your set point, those actions that I previously said will be long lasting and incorporate into a well-lived life that is fulfilling through mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being. And oddly enough, I've done podcasts about all of those things. So thanks for tolerating my slip-ups and my flubs because I just didn't have what it takes to go back and redo them. And I am grateful that you guys will continue to listen to this podcast. And I hope this was a decent explanation of the difference between hedonia and eudaimonia. And Viktor Frankl said, the pursuit of happiness undermines happiness. So this week, do some gratitude, practice, do some mindfulness, sit with negative emotions, go on a walk, take a hike, drink more water, do something that increases the quality of your life. So you don't have to chase happiness and have a good week. 